Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Returning guests on the program today, coming up in the second half of the show, two representatives from Broken Dolls Nonprofit stop by to give an update on the organization. They also have details on a very special event they have coming up. We're going to start off with Tony Brinker. She is the founder and CEO of Operation Blue Shield. How are you doing? I'm doing dynamite. Super delight. Well, great. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. I know that you've been really busy, and we've uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's kind of just get down to it. We were talking off mic, trying to figure out what we were going to discuss today, and there's easily too much. So before we jump into all the other things that we discussed, I think that it's, it's just a good idea to kind of give a primer on what Operation Blue Shield is for those that are joining us for the first time. All right. So Operation Blue Shield, and I'll shorten it to OBS, is OBS. a nonprofit started in late 2014. Our goal is to build safe, healthy, sustainable neighborhoods, and that turns into a much stronger America. So when you try to build a safe neighborhood, you create an environment that is super safe. People want to start their own little businesses, and the next thing you know, they become taxpayers, voters. That money comes back around to city council, the mayor, and then that gets plowed back into the community maybe higher pay for police officers and firemen and those individuals who really do need that because they serve and protect us. So our whole thing is to raise the bar for everyone, but it takes all of us to do it. When you started this organization, did you always feel that this was exactly how you were going to tackle this problem, that if you were really going to make change, it was going to have to be on a level uh, that it currently is? No, I did not know. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it was a total surprise to me. I had no idea what was going on in the United States, to be honest. So by crisscrossing the country and going to different cities, one common denominator uh, became very apparent after about three to six months, and that is that each city is suffering. Each city has a problem. Each city has a safety issue. And then how do you define safety? Does that mean that mama's okay letting her kids sit in front of a window and studying? Or does that mean we can walk around the block holding our husband's or our wife's hands and feel okay? Um, but we, I, I can tell you that for me, what I wanted is I want my children and my grandchildren to have a safe place to go out and play baseball. And there are neighborhoods where there is no place for them to play. So you cannot run or walk in some neighborhoods. You might get shot. That's not the best place for us to be living. So how do we help the people there? Uh, And why do we help them? We need to help them because what goes on in their neighborhood also does affect us as a society, basically, but also as um, just as we are pushing forward in life, we do not want our children to have to face some of the issues that we see today that are growing worse, 
Um, and you and I both know, I have said more than one time, our kiddos don't deserve the world we're handing them. On the other hand, we don't want kids to say, well, you, you messed it up. What am I supposed to be doing? Uh, and what I tell children like that is, wait a minute, you're part of the problem, too. It is not okay to be mean. It is not okay to stalk. It is not okay to take people down just because you don't like the way they look or the way they walk. That is unacceptable, and that in turn makes them part of the problem. So holding hands, walking forward together, and doing it right is good. But then, of course, how do you do that? And that is what I found out in those first couple of months. Did you really feel comfortable with where this direction was going to take you? Because at a certain point, when you're going through an educational process like you did, your your worldview changes a little bit, and then you figure out, oh, this is the direction I have to go in. Were you comfortable with making those decisions and making those, those differences to an organization that you thought you had figured out? Uh, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. If you're asking me, was I scared sometimes? I was. Walking down certain streets in different cities, I could feel a difference in the air. And it makes you uncomfortable because I had no familiarity. Mm. On the other hand, I can walk into one of the safest neighborhoods, even in the city that we're living in now, only to find out maybe a month later that it's probably one of the worst areas in terms of crime. So we all have rose-colored glasses on. It is time for us to take them off. And it is time for us to stand up, speak out, and get involved, but only the right way. To make your point by um, being angry or making your point by marching down the street and risking the lives of other people, I, I will not endorse that. But if someone is willing to say, let's take a look at something that is a problem, approach it together, find the right people who believe the same way we do, and let's change the world the right way, that I'm for. So trust, rebuilding bridges of trust, progressive change, not the old way because it's gone, the new way, and unity. Those are the three factors that can help in, bring, in bringing a, a neighborhood back into the realm of being a productive neighborhood and that in turn helps the city, and then it helps the people who are absolutely clueless about what's going on in the world, and there are those. This is making me think of two different things, but I guess one of the best ways to, to kind of jump into this is communication. A lot of what you're saying to me boils down simply to communication, making sure that people who don't necessarily under, understand each other on the surface can somehow communicate, and that opens up a dialogue and then you're just going to get positive outcomes from that little seed of communication. Do you think that this is maybe the important thing that Operation Blue Shield is doing, helping people to communicate? It is a first step, but it's not the only step. Now, remember, there are people who don't want to communicate. They'll listen, but they've got you tuned out before you even say your first word. And then there is a whole group of people that all they want to do is talk because they're right and you're not so right. So you have to put people into an environment where there is actually an exchange. But then what happens? And that's what I call my now what. So we have a lecture series. We call it the power of one. I'm a firm believer that one person can change the course of history. And if you look back in time, you see that. Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, um, uh, Roosevelt, all of them. They all changed history, and it was one person. If you have an environment whereby people can actually talk to each other, 
without the fear of their peers being angry. That's where you make a difference. Some barriers break down. And then again, you find the same exact denominator that I saw when I crisscrossed and visited cities. We all want the same thing. We want a safe, healthy place for our kids. We want a great environment where if we have a little ray of hope and we want a business, we can go out there and do that. And people are not telling us no. But hate is the thing that can destroy a person. And that's what we see playing out on the street. So OBS is about creating those neighborhoods, not just by talking. Because a lot of people can talk until the days, you know, the cows come home. That's not what we do. We have to do the now what phase. Now what are we going to do? Oh, by the way, what builds a neighborhood? What is a neighborhood? When I grew up, my neighborhood was the people around me, and I knew that our doors were unlocked. We could leave our keys in the car. I could leave in the morning, and I could come home at night. My mother did not call and find out where I am. It was not her concern. She knew I was safe. I knew I was safe. Not our babies anymore. They are not safe. And we adults need to do something about that. We need their help, but a good... uh, A good way to look at it is look what has happened in some of the high schools recently, Parkland, Florida. So if you take a look at that, you'll see the kind of environment that school was in. So people have a tendency to say the unhealthy neighborhood is that one that's way across on the other side of town. No way. Parkland was in a beautiful neighborhood, a very safe neighborhood, and look what happened to those kids. So just because we don't live way on the other side of town doesn't mean that we don't have problems in our own community. Making people realize that, how difficult has that been? Because I think a lot of times when we talk about organizations like OBS, we think of that side of town. You know what I'm saying? We don't necessarily think of our own neighborhood. How hard has it been to to make people think about other communities and to realize that they're really not that different when you boil things down? Uh, I guess the best way is I was once on a college campus talking to a police chief, and he said, oh, we don't have any problems on our school campus. And I said, no, you're kidding me, really? Well, let me then tell you what you need to do. You need to start an OBS chapter here because there's another campus that's about 300 miles away from here that is having a big problem. Not so much that the kids are misbehaving. It is the neighborhood around the campus So I always tell people, remember that you may not be facing a problem, but your brother and sister who you may not even know that doesn't live on that side of the street but happens to live 400 miles away is in dire straits. The concept, though, of building safe neighborhoods is not widely uh, understood because we're not building a building. So when you go raise money, People will come to me all the time or people you know or or you're raising money through the corporation or wherever, and they'll say, oh, just make a minor donation. We're going to have a brand-new hospital over here. Well, we know what a hospital looks like, and we know when we're sick we go to the hospital. Well, imagine this is a virtual neighborhood, and it's not healthy. So what do we do? We have to define how and what is in a neighborhood. So you've got to have programs that address kids that are in junior high and high school, elementary, 
you have to have things that address the reentry program. These are people who are rotating out of the system. They have now served their time, and they're going to be coming back into society. The worst thing you can do to someone like that is to say, here's a mobile phone, prepaid. Here's about $200. Here are the clothes that you walked in with. Now, we're going to drop you off at the corner down here by our restaurant, and here's a list five, ten pages long of people that if you feel you need them, call them. Good luck. Now what? So that person's more than likely going to head right back into their neighborhood where they may have been arrested. And the person who probably arrested him probably was a man in blue. So once they're down there, they're right back into the same neighborhood. They want to change. But society and stress and lack of money and not being able to get a job, they got a lot of of, uh, marks against them. So that's a pillar that we address at Operation Blue Shield. How do we help them? How do we integrate them back into society and do it with the same type of people that actually had to put them basically into prison. So we have educational programs for the three um, levels of kids. We have a felon reentry program that we're bringing here to Dallas that will incorporate first responders and their help in the mentoring of these individuals. For your audience... Let me tell you what a first responder is. That is a emergency room doctor. That is a teacher. Remember Parkland. Remember the, the gym teacher or the coach who is no longer with us because he saved the student's life. That is a fireman. That is a policeman. That's an emergency, an EMS person. That is a, uh, your mayor. That's your city council. That's your sheriff. That's, those are the people who've taken an oath to serve and protect and... That's your veteran. If they are down at the VA hospital and have no place to live and in a terrible environment, I can assure you they are a target too. So we owe it to them to try and help them as well. So we have boots on the ground programs. This is the race that we're having coming up in April 9. We have kites and kids where you get a police officer and their kid flying a kite over here with a man who maybe have just come out of prison. So what a cool thing to see, two daddies with their kids. Kids don't care. All they want, they want to have fun with their daddies out in the park. But all of a sudden, one child says to the other, gosh, I heard your dad's a cop. Well, yeah, he is. What's your dad do? Well, my dad's back home now. Well, where has he been? You know, children don't care about where the dad has been, what they care about is, is my dad in my life right now? So bringing these fathers back into these communities through these programs, real important to those babies. Um, I was trying to think. So we have uh, a great program with uh, Chuck Norris. So I'm, those in your audience, I'm sure you know him. Oh, I, I think yeah. the audience is well familiar. <laughs> so uh, Chuck and Gina are absolutely wonderful Christians, and they have a program where they put a first responder, excuse me, they put a kickboxing instructor in the school. Mm. And what we do is we find people to adopt the school, and we place a first responder in there one day a week. So that guy is in there. That is not the policeman who stands at the door to make sure that no one walks in with a weapon. That's a guy who's in there is actually taking kickboxing lessons. So if he then now retires and says, 
I'm too young to retire, but I really have a heart to help these kids. He now can become a kickboxing instructor and help the Norrises as they help these kiddos. Because that junior high area is right about the time where those kids are either going to go one way or the other. And you want to catch them then and show them and teach them how society works. You know, that person that might be the judge or the policeman that's in the class that's going to do this one day a week, they're pretty pretty neat people. But then you also find out that they have kids too. And I have always been surprised at some of the children who don't realize that maybe, um, as an example, I saw a very young little boy, about six, who was at one of our races, and he was walking with a police officer. And the police officer said, well, you're a boy, a Cub Scout. And he said, yes, I am. He said, well, so is my son. And he said, oh, you have, a, you have a boy? Huh, yes, I have a daughter, too. Really? But in his little precious mind, he never thought about that. He was a little scared of the police officer. They're bosom buddies now. Just, just sees the uniform. Just that's all he saw was the uniform. And the uniform to him might have been the uniform that took his daddy away at one point or took an uncle away or whomever. But in his mind, it was such a surprise to know that that man was also a father. So simple little things like that are important. So for donors, when we go talk to them, we have to go go through this process of these are the pillars that we have that create a neighborhood. And we would like for you to, as a menu, pick what really sings to your heart. We are not building a building. We are building a virtual, safe, healthy, sustainable neighborhood and a much stronger country. Real quick, when you're going across the country and you're seeing the things that you're seeing, have you noticed a common thread between all these different cities? Kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you look at other communities in a way that you don't look at your own. If you're bouncing around the way that you have been through these different communities, you're going to see different things. Are you seeing a common thread between the cities that you're going to as far as positives and negatives? Does everywhere seem very similar, even though they might be spread far apart? Uh, yes. And that, and again, that was the thing that surprised me. Um, but safety was the number one, the, or the lack of. So what I see in Chicago, I see in Chicago a lot of um, areas where our kids are not safe. So one of our pillars is we're working with a guy in Washington. And what they do is they provide areas, uh, what they call violence-free safety kid zones in schools. And most of the people that are in his program actually are people who have come out of prison and in most cases have found religion and have and then gone on to get their undergraduate, their master's or their doctorates. So they understand that world and have and say we are going back into that community. But to look at this holistically, what do I see? I see a nation that has such capabilities. I see a nation that has the most phenomenal people. Of course, if I lived in another country, I'm sure I'd say that about them, too. But we as Americans, we are we think out of the box. We are we want to try to do what's right. We give an inordinate amount of money away to the rest of the world to help them. And sometimes I don't think we focus enough on what we have here. And when I see it being played out in schools, then I know we are not focusing on some of the things we should hear. 
our millennials want to make a difference. And it again, I encourage our millennials to make a difference, but to do it in the right way. Many people want a change for the better, but they want it by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Nothing will happen that quick. And if it does, it won't last. So across the board, I think safety is becoming number one concern. Uh, And again, that's whether I'm in Atlanta, L.A., uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, any place. It all seems to be the same. People do not feel as safe as they should be. So we have a rally call to them, you know, a wake-up call. Come get involved with Operation Blue Shield. If you can get involved with us by volunteering, great. If you can make a donation, please do so. But understand our concept is to create neighborhoods where people have opportunities. But the most important thing is you have to let people know how the system works, okay? You can't help yourself if you don't know how it works. But if you understand the link between feeling safe, and that means your first responders being part of your community, being safe creates an environment where you're going you're gonna to take a chance, you're going to start your own business. And again, that plays out like I had said before. Then you're a voter. Then you're a taxpayer. Then the money goes to the city. Then they put it back into the city and build a park. You're part of the park. What we do is mostly say, well, oh, gosh, that's the government over there. They're going to come in here and build our park. No, no, no. And I don't want that park built X way just because someone who lives 400 miles away said it needs to look that way. And I got to tear down my neighbor's house to do it. People need to get involved in their neighborhoods to create their own complexion of that neighborhood, but they need to do it hand in glove with their first responders. All right, you got a huge event that is going to be a perfect example of making these people get together and and figure out a better way to build a better community. April 7th, which is a Saturday, we're going to start off at Dallas City Hall at 8 a.m. It is the OBS 1 Mile 5K 10K Calling All Heroes Run. Calling All Superheroes. Calling All Superheroes. Bring your kids. Register online. you got to register because, we're again, we're trying to raise money so we can put 100% of it back into the community. Have the kids come in their, uh, their superhero costumes. We're going to have blue and yellow capes. We're calling on the superhero and every single one of us. Come with us. Walk together. Talk. Run. Have fun. Play. And from there, we start that little seedling of hope. And that's what builds and has built a great America. That's what build a better America. Helping see people pass just that uniform. Yes. And it's not just about running this event. A lot of it is kind of just about hanging out together and being a part of the community together. Well, it's a fireman. How about EMS? We've got doctors. We've got teachers coming. So what you do from a child's perspective, you say, gosh, these are the people that are helping. Wow, they have kids. Oh, this is really cool. So can you imagine? We're going to have fire trucks down there. We're going to have a police car. We've actually got the Richards. We've got North Texas police and fire from, from, you know, this entire area. We're going to have a police car there that will be wrapped with the officer's name who was killed recently. So um, we're going to have a moment of silence for him and all of the people who've died serving and protecting us. We're also going to have, 
because we want to make sure that people understand we represent both sides. We're going to have a moment of silence for those members of the community who have lost their lives as well because there are still things that have happened in the past that were not done the way they should. My thing, my goal is to say we cannot correct what happened 100 years ago. I can't correct what happened five years ago, but I certainly can make a difference in today going forward. That's our goal. The OBS 1 Mile 5K 10K Calling All Superheroes race (laughs) is happening April 7th, which is a Saturday. It's coming up quick. It's going to start at Dallas City Hall, and it's going to kick off at 8 a.m. If people want to be a part of this, how do they do that? They can go to our website, www.operationblueshield.org. Just uh, hit the registration link. It'll take you to there. The um, There's a cost for the one mile, a slightly higher for the five mile, a little bit higher than that for the 10K. Excuse me. So it's one mile, 5K, 10K. It is a sanctioned race. So if you're one of the jock runners like I used to be, you can qualify for Boston and New York. Just come. and No, you can't qualify. I'm sorry. You can get your points. Oh, so, okay. Major I was, I was correction. Say, whoa, whoa. Geez. whoa. <laughs> major correction there. And we're going to have a DJ. We're going to have a whole bunch of really cool people that will show up. We're going to have a bouncy house and all. But the, the point there is, and I'm a firm believer in this, and the Boy Scouts are coming too. So the people need to register. They need to... Um, they need to be part of it. And part of it, which we did at our house with uh, my grandkids, you want to run in the race? Well, what kind of chores do we have over here? You need to pay part of your fee because as a child, if you're just taken to a fun place, it's one of many. But if you really have some skin in the game, that's what makes a difference. That's what connects with your memory. And then that's the person that's going to say, when I was eight years old, Gosh, I, I ran this race with a officer who had on his police out uniform or his fireman or, or we're going to have a helicopter down there, too. I mean, I got to sit in that helicopter. It's like, wow. This is for our children. This is for our families. This is for our city and this is for our country. It's going to be fantastic. This is a great organization. It's going to be an even better event. One last time, the OBS 1 Mile 5K 10K Calling All Superheroes race happening April 7th. It's going to start at Dallas City Hall at 8 a.m. I've been speaking with the founder and CEO of Operation Blue Shield, Tony Brinker. It's great seeing you. I'm glad that you're here. Why don't you come back soon? I will. I hope you'll join us, too. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.